Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles Bryant, who is with me as always. I don't know what I'd do without you, Chuck. Oh, man. Like, seriously, it'd be like having um, a conjoined twin separated. <laughs> One that has its head and is still alive. So you were being mean to me seconds before we went on, and then you butter me up right when in front of people. In front of people, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. I'm secretly very abusive to you behind closed doors, aren't I? Yes. Yeah. So, Chuck. Yes. Um, my fellow ENFer. Oh, yeah, we took the Myers-Briggs personality test. Uh Uh-huh. Pretty cool. We are, again, like conjoined twins, except for the distinction of the P and the J. I'm a perceiver, you're a judger. Right, and I think we uh, complement each other well in that regard. I agree. I'd actually like to do a podcast on that test. Let's do it. I think we should. Do do you know if we have an article on that? Oh, we'll just make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. I totally want to do it, though. I found it really fascinating. All right. And I did not think I would, and I was I was into it. Let's see. Maybe we can work swimming with whale sharks into that somehow too. Right. We're just doing podcasts now based on personal experiences around the office. Right. Tomorrow is going to be called uh, Ham and Eggs for Breakfast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so speaking of around the office, Chuckers, uh, as you know, we have a bunch of um, new kind of cool articles about um, Altoids. Yeah. On the site, who to thunk it? Yeah, the curiously strong mint. You took my line. Oh, really? I'll kill you. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, we've got a, a whole suite of articles. We have like a sub-channel in the science channel that's dedicated to Altoids. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have you been on? You haven't been on it? No, I wrote a few of them, though, and right. I know you did yeah, as well. The final products look pretty good, though. All right? I think so. The uh, The focus, as you know, since you have written some, was on this strange little group of people called Tinnovators. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. Well, let's talk about them in a minute. First, let's discuss... Candy. Can- okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Talk about Altoids, Chuckers. Can- do you have candy in your mouth now like you did during the Twinkies show? I don't. Let's let's address that, <laughs> shall we? Yeah, we got a few letters that came in that said, uh, what was Josh eating during the Twinkies podcast? Or even worse, why was Josh eating during yeah, the Yeah, it sounded Twinkies like podcast. he had a Werther's in his mouth or something or a candy. And- yeah, one guy guessed Werther's or Jolly Ranchers, yeah, right? Not true. Josh didn't have anything in his mouth, and we surmised that because we were talking about Twinkies, he was just frothy and... Uh, <laughs> It's weird. I went back and listened to it, and I it definitely sound, sound like I'm chewing on something. But I know. no, I I think I just really wanted a Twinkie. I guess so. you were too cheap to pick some up, weren't you? Right. Yeah. So just to let people know, we're slightly more professional than to suck on candy while we're trying to podcast, yeah, despite our illustrious surroundings. Right. Right. Yeah. Only, although you, we do have jolly, we have candy on our desk. We we avoid it during. I think Jerry would literally murder us if we just started eating candy right. during a podcast. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay, Altoids. Yeah. Yes. I think I might salivate again. Okay. All right. So, uh, Chuck, did you know that Altoids, these these little mints, date back to the reign of King George the Third? I know. Who is, is it, the Mad King? It's crazy. Who drove the colonists to revolt? Seventeen eighty, dude. People have been sucking on these mints. Mm-hmm. Also, did you know that King George may have had a porphyria? Really? And what, what is that exactly? It's um, it's what's it called? Uh, there's acute intermittent porphyria, which is, I think, what they think King George had. Uh-huh. It's a congenital disease uh, where porphyrins, I can't remember what they do. I think they get rid of waste, uh-huh. uh, build up in your bloodstream, in your system, Ugh. and uh, it can get kind of bad. It can have um, effects on the nervous system, 
Uh, it can have psychological effects, which is why they think King George was mad. Oh, okay. Um, and the, the stomach cramping is unparalleled. It's really horrible stuff. But the porphyria you might be most acquainted with, I can't remember what it's called, but um, it's it's where you're photosensitive. You can't go out in, into sunlight. Okay. You can't be exposed to sunlight. It was featured in The Others. You ever see that one? Uh, I did. Um, and uh, also that's where they think the vampire legend or that aspect of the vampire legend came from was from people who had wow. porphyria. Look at yeah. you. I thought you were going to say it gave them bad breath or something. That's why they created Altoids. No, I think that was consumption. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah which was pretty big around 1780, which is when they were first created, right? Yeah. And that's always, by the way, we mentioned the Curiously Strong Mint. That was their slogan from day one. Yeah. Because they use real peppermint oil. And, and lots of yeah, it. Yeah, lots of it. Copious amounts of it's it. It's hardcore stuff. Oh, yeah, it is. As anyone who's ever had an Altoid knows. Yeah. It does the trick, though. Yeah, so um, in America, we in America, we love uh, to attach weird pop stuff to candy, to food, like Twinkies. Sure. Kool-Aid, which, by the way, we should probably make that correction, too, while we're at it. Yeah. It wasn't Kool-Aid at Jonestown. It turns out it was Flavor-Aid. Right. I've done some terrible, terrible things in my life. Uh Uh-huh. I don't, I've never felt more ashamed than I do for missing that. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, like I told the hundreds of people that wrote in and corrected us (laughs) on that, sure, it was Flavor-Aid, but unfortunately for Kool-Aid, what matters is what people think of and remember and don't drink and the, the Kool-Aid is what people remember. I, I don't even know if unfortunately is the right word. It could be fortunate. I mean, think about it. How's Flavor-Aid's market share doing since Jonestown? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so basically in America, we don't just eat things. Like we eat things and then turn them into cultural phenomena. Yeah, pop right? icons almost. Right, exactly. So Altoids isn't any different. Um, and it's not necessarily the mint, although uh, agreed they are curiously strong. Um it's the tin yeah. that seems to like really get people's juices going, you know? I mean, who out there hasn't had uh, Altoids at some point and saved the tin right. and kept you know, paper clips or spare buttons or uh, rubber bands or something in them? I don't know who. I, at my house Jimmy right Fuller. now. Jimmy Fuller. That's who. <laughs> Jimmy Fuller. Yeah. At home right now, I have a couple of Altoids tins on my desk with uh, assorted uh, little knickknacks. Yeah? Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it's a perfect size. It is convenient. It snaps shut. And I think that's what led this whole tinnovation thing. Well, well, yeah, technically that makes you a a tinnovator. A very lame tinnovator. A lame tinnovator is exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. But a tinnovator nonetheless, which I guess we should define this. Uh, A tinnovator, um, as we've turned up through our research, is somebody who um, finds new and novel uses for old Altoids tins. It's as simple as that. And it can be as simple as throwing rubber bands in an old tin. Right. But some people have come up with much more advanced projects. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, we wrote about were, a bunch of them. That, that, that involve anodes and electrodes and weird stuff that I, yeah. I, I would electrocute myself trying. Right. So should we talk about tinnovators? <laughs> I don't see why should not. Should we talk about these people? Yeah. Who you want to talk about first? Because we did, I have to say, Chuck, this could have gone either way, this assignment, writing these articles. But these, but the people that we ran across, at least the ones I wrote on, were generally really interesting. Yeah. They were interesting people, and the stuff they came up with were, were, was very interesting. Very too, creative people. Which I was very thankful for. Let's start with uh, Jake Von Slatt. Yes, let's. Steampunk. Steampunk guy. Um, for those of you who don't know what steampunk is, it's kind of this um, subculture movement that's based out of this uh, sub-genre. Right. It's sub-sub 
of uh, speculative fiction right. that centers around the Victorian era yeah. and all like the fantastic contraptions that like Jules Verne and H.G. Right. Wells came up with, right? So like throwback stuff that's in fact kind of futuristic. Right. So um, Jake Von Slack came up with one of the most recognizable steampunk relics uh-huh. ever, which is the uh, steampunk desktop computer. Yeah. Dude, have you ever seen it? Yeah. It's wicked cool. Have you read the article that Jay Strick wrote? Uh-uh. Jonathan Strickland, our uh, writer colleague oh, yeah, and fellow po- podcaster. We have a cool, cool article yeah. that's just on steampunk on the site. I think it's pretty cool. I would never get caught up in something like that because any, any movement where you're dressing up and going to events is not really up my alley. Right. But I like to look at them when they walk by me on the way to their convention. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm more into fursuiting, but I can see how somebody would, you know, uh, get into steampunk. It's it's interesting, I even so. looking from the outside in. But Jake Von Slatt is kind of the uh, de facto godfather of steampunk, but he also happens to be a tinnovator, too. Right. Right? So he makes uh, little steampunk tins. Now, does he, he sells these, too, right? I don't know if he sells them. I think it's he's there's, – there's kind of um, – one of the things that goes along with Altoids – Almost ex- like almost across the board is that um, it's open source, right? So like Jake von Slat like puts instructions on how to do his projects up for free on his website, yeah, uh, which I think is called uh, steampunkworkshop.com, uh-huh. uh, which is really cool if you ever ever tooled around on it. Um, and also some of the other people we'll talk about, especially the do-it-yourself electronic, electronic folks. Yeah. There's kind of this sentiment like, I, I created this project and I want to share it with the world, and here's how you can do it step by step, which is right. really big about sharing it seemed information. seemed like a, sort of a community. Uh-huh. And a couple of the guys I interviewed had, um, guys and gals, had gotten in touch with other innovators, And I'm, I'm kind of surprised they don't have a little uh, little mini convention at some point. Oh, yeah, just wait for it. It'll happen. We'll go. Should we? Yeah, we'll dress up as a chipmunk and a rabbit and go to the <laughs> Tenovator convention. Yeah. So, do you want to explain how how he does this, or do you just want to kind of give? Yeah. An what 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 Von Slack came up with? This is just one of his projects. He has other Altoids um, projects too. Um, since he's steampunk, he's big into Victorian stuff, so he right. chose an etching, a copper plated etching. Yeah, very cool. And um, I was on his site, just kind of getting the gist of it, uh-huh. so I could explain it in the article on him. Uh, it's called How to Make a Steampunk Altoids Tin. Um, and he goes through all these really elaborate um, techniques to copper plate an Altoids tin. I know. Pretty advanced and somewhat dangerous. It is. It's very dangerous. He's using um, acids and chemicals right. and like hardcore um, epoxy removers. He uses electric and electricity. And water right. together. Yeah. Which is always a little fun. Yeah. I actually, when I, when I wrote it, I copied and pasted the couple of paragraphs describing that part. And sent it to him to see, like, I said, I don't want any of our readers to be electrocuted. Can you tell me if this is accurate? Right. And he wrote back, he's like, here's a, here's a much simpler way to do it. So basically through trial and error, uh-huh. he came up with the simplest method, which was good for me because I could comprehend it and wrote about it. Gotcha. So basically what he does was he takes, um, what is it? It's, he calls it blue vitriol, which is uh, the Victorian era word for or phrase term for copper sulfate, Right. So he uses the terminology, too, the language? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, actually, he's steampunk to the core, buddy. Um, but anyway, he takes this, and, and just with a with a, a Q-tip, he, he dips it in um, the copper sulfate, 
rubs it on the uh, back of an Altoids tin that's been stripped of its paint and right. buffed and everything, uh-huh. um, and it turns copper. And copper plates it like that. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does. But that's not the end of it, right? No. So he takes like a uh, Victorian etching. Yeah, just, like, well, a digital image of a digital, like just something off the internet. Exactly. And then he prints it out on like a transfer paper, like press and peel or something. What What do they call press and peel in Victorian era? I don't know. <laughs> so not that though, buddy. Press and peel. Yeah, maybe. What was that? Oh, my Victorian era lady. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was Eleanor Roosevelt. I think it was. Um, so he'll take uh, the transfer paper, put it onto the back of the the, the newly copper plated. Uh, Altoids, Tim. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, here's where it gets very dangerous. Right. Here's where electricity comes into play. So it gets a, uh, a 12 volt, one amp DC, uh, wall mounted transformer. He right. Pulls one out of his pocket. It's, it's probably steam powered. Yes. Um, and he, he, he clips the positive side to the, the Altoid tin he wants to etch. And he clips the negative side to like a dummy Altoid tin, uh-huh. just a throwaway one. And then, yeah, he drops it into uh, a salt water solution. He said one teaspoon of salt for every quart of water. Right. And I got the impression he wanted at least a gallon, enough to uh, to submerge the Altoids tin. Uh-huh. Throws it in there, turns on the power, waits 10 to 20 minutes, turns off the power. This is very important. Yes, reaches in. Right, and then removes it. And Also, I saw a picture of it. It's cool. Like the, the, the water starts bubbling. Yeah, yeah, and it turns, turns all dark. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Uh, so he turns the power off and then takes it out, and the, he, uh, he scuffs off the transfer paper, and it's been etched into the metal, so cool. into this copper-plated metal. He buffs it, adds some rouge, buffs it, right. brings it to a high shine, and there you go, my Such friend. Such a cool product. It is really cool. And, and I mean, again, in the article, just from what I wrote, you can do it. Uh, in all the articles, we included a how-to right. make your own of yeah. what these people made because, like, it's open source. Right. Um, but, yeah, if you if you really want, like, detailed instructions, you can go sure. onto his site, too. Well, I think the fact that they uh – with all of these, I notice it was the fact that it was an Altoids tin is what got attention basically. Because I did one on this kid Nick Bryn who makes uh, little mini flashlights from the little small. I think it's the gum tin, mm-hmm. and uh, he sells these kits online. And kind of like your guy uh, Aaron Dunlap mm-hmm. too, who does the USB charger. Mm-hmm. And Nick Bryn with the flashlight. The fact, the mere fact that it was an Altoids tin made people go, "Oh man, I got to have one of those." Yeah, because it's really nothing more than a little small tiny flashlight you could put in your pocket. Like the little plastic ones you can get at the gas station checkout line for ninety nine cents, right? But it's an Altoids tin, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, that's Dunlap said that. Uh, well, he created his USB charger um, just out of necessity, right? He wanted to, he wanted uh, he it uses a nine volt battery, uh-huh. or like a dollar a piece, sure. Um, and he added the USB charger and the connector and all that stuff, and he just. He connects his uh, smartphone to it. Yeah. And it gives it like 60 minutes of talking time or four hours of standby just from one 9-volt battery, which is right. cool. He also makes kits and sells them. Uh, and he said he had some left over um, from his first project. That's why he's, he put kits together to sell them. Um, and he said that had he chosen just a, a plain old off-the-shelf right. metal enclosure, he suspects he'd still be trying to sell the first 25. Right. But instead, he sold thousands and actually yeah. founded a company called the Electroids Company just to handle the orders. Pretty cool. It got picked up on, like, Dig and Boing Boing. Yeah. And he said it, it was the it was the allure of the Altoids Absolutely. tin that did it. Yeah. What is it about the tin? Well, I think, well, I interviewed Nick Brand and this other guy, Matthew Poach, who does, uh, he does a speaker. 
like you can plug your iPod into this Altoids tin and play your music out loud because he's drilled little holes like a speaker grill on the top of the. What's it called? The Minty Boost? No, no, no. That's the. Uh, it's called the speaker. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> there is an Altoids project. It's a legendary Altoids yeah, project Minty by um, Limor Freed, uh-huh. who I haven't met or interviewed, but he he seems to be kind of like this DIY Altoids right. electronics guru. Um, and he came up with the minty boost. Right. And a lot of people tip their hats to him for that cool. one. Yeah. I think I think your steampunk guy kind of takes it to the next level, personally. Well, I mean, he's, when you're etching a Victorian era stuff, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a he's a sub sub genre guy. Right. Or a sub sub right. culture guy. He's a steampunk Altoids innovator. Right. Which it doesn't get more niche than that. No. I don't think. I had another actually one of my guys too. A lot of it, there's kind of two camps. You can either be artistic and like we've seen some cool like shadow boxes and I know one of your uh, uh, the ladies you wrote about did a Zen garden which is kind of cool Kate Pruitt Kate Pruitt she's very cool yeah and then the other side of the coin is people that do um, a more uh, useful thing like flashlights speakers USB chargers that kind of thing right yeah there's there's uh, an artistic side and then there's like a, um, right. a technical side right but the artistic side dude I've got the man uh, who? who I wrote about, David Zalbin he actually does fine art. Oh, yeah. And makes big dough. Nice. So what Zalbin does, he actually uses the tins as his canvas. So he will mount uh, tins, you know, pressed against one another side by side mm-hmm. in a, whatever, a four-foot by four-foot frame and actually paint over them all. So what you have is a, is a complete finished painting in small little blocks, almost like a mosaic. Pretty Sweet. Cool. Yeah, I haven't seen his stuff. Yeah, he's based out of Miami, and uh, it's awesome, man. He's Are good. the articles up on the site yet? Uh, my speaker article is, and uh, the flashlight article is, and the fine art article is. Cool. And the shadow box article. Well, check it out. Man, lots of Tinnovators. I know. I wrote at least 10, I think. Really? Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff about Tinnovators and how to undertake their projects. And if it was too involved, we just kind of kicked it to a site like right. instructables.com. Yeah, that's a great site. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, very in-depth, detailed right. stuff. Um, that's where you can buy some of these kits, too, if you're too lazy to uh, do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the kit you kind of have to put together yourself, so that's fun. Right. Good projects for kids. Yeah. Win-win. There was another guy named Matthew Pogue who um, came up with a Swiss AVR knife. Well, and he's the same guy that does the speaker. No, he he made his speaker based on Lee Morfried's Minty Boost. So he's like he was just right. training himself sure. in the art of um, do-it-yourself electronics based on other projects. But he's also a Tinnovator as well, and he came up with the Swiss AVR knife, which uses a AVR chip. It's like a, I think a eight bit processor, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and you can program it; it's reprogrammable because it uses onboard flash memory. Right. But um, it, it using a, a little sound output device and some little LED lights, it goes through all these different um, mechanisms, like the the mini menorah. Right. So, like, all the LED lights light oh. up, or um, there's the, uh, oh, what's it called, the s- noisemaker. Uh-huh. And it just makes all these different digitized sounds. Uh, fans of Kraftwerk would really appreciate that right. one. Um, but, <laughs> the yeah, Germans. there's a, a lot of people are putting a lot of thought into uh, Altoids tunes. I think it's cool. It's very it creative. It makes me feel like I'm wasting my life. I know. You know? Well, let's go get some Altoids and empty them out and uh, start painting on them or something. Let's do that, Chuck. Let's do some folk art. Okay. Yeah, it's the easiest kind of art. I believe so, yes. Well, Chuck, that's Tinnovators. If you want to read more about Tinnovation, uh, as we said, we have a ton of articles on the site. You can find those uh, just by typing Altoids, I imagine, into the handy search bar on HowStuffWorks.com. Since I just said that, that means it's time for Listener Mail. Yes, Josh, we got a listener mail. I'm yes. just going to call uh, 
America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, I like this one. They took a bit of ribbing from us, from me specifically, in this mm-hmm. Are Stupid People Happier? Because mm-hmm. I put that show at the very bottom of the food chain, comedy-wise. Yeah. Getting kicked in the groin. Yeah, oh yeah. What's funnier? So this comes from Jason. Uh, Jason says, I just listened to your podcast, Stupid People Happier, and I loved it. Especially the part about the America's Funniest Home Videos. I thought you might be interested to know something that most people don't know about laughter. The following excerpt. Uh, about how jokes work applies equally well to the AFV videos. And this is from uh, the definitive book of body language. Mm-hmm. That's what he quoted. Uh, the basis of most jokes is that at the punchline, something disastrous or painful happens to someone. In effect, the unexpected ending frightens our brain, and we laugh with sounds similar to a chimp warning others of imminent danger. Even though we consciously know that the joke is not a real event, our laugh releases endorphins for self-anesthesis, as if the joke. Wait, wait! Did you just make that word up? Event? No, that's a real word. Oh, okay. Uh, if it is a real event, we may go into crying mode, and the body would also release endorphins. Crying is often an extension of laughing bout, a laughing bout, and is why, in a serious emotional crisis such as hearing about a death, a person who cannot mentally accept the death may begin laughing. Have you ever that's had that? My happen? dad's always said. Yeah, it's interesting. It's right on the money. Uh, when the reality hits, the laughter turns into crying. So uh, there you have it. You see yeah. a dude get kicked in the groin, and it's funny. That explains it all. Yeah. So I guess I am the stupid person. Yes. The joke is on me. Chuck, you're pretty far from stupid. And I think the only way to end this is for you to kick me in the groin. I I will do that. Come That's here. The only way to do it. Come stand right here. No way. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I, I feel like plugging a few things. Look at you. Okay, so Chuck, we've got two pages on our fa- on Facebook. There's one that uh, for Josh Clark and Charles Bryant. That's us. Uh, or Chuck Bryant, I think it is. Uh, there's a Stuff You Should Know fan page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday at 1 p.m., little known fact, except for like th- to 30 people we who, never who know this. this. <laughs> Every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on the blogs at HowStuffWorks.com. My blog. Your blog. Uh, Chuck posts one every week called Live Webcast. Watch it here right now. Something along those lines. Uh-huh. Uh, we do a live webcast via Ustream. Right. Uh, it's like 22 minutes long. It's awful, but it's... It's getting pretty funny, I think. You think so? Yeah, it's a little different. We do like news items and uh, current uh, pop culture things, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's kind of fun. I'm proud that there's very little crossover between the podcast and the webcast. Like, yeah, me we're, too. We're really working. We're like James Brown here. Right. Um, so we, got the, we have the Facebook pages. We've got the webcast. Right. Um, we have the blogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Stuff You Should Know blog on HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, what else? Anything? Dude, we have our second celebrity fan now. Oh, yeah. You want to give a shout-out? Yeah. Well, we should give a shout-out to our first celebrity fan, who is uh, Will Wheaton. Hey, Will Wheaton. Famous stand, for stand the by uh, me. Star Trek series and Stand By Me, he, among other things. He'll always be famous for Stand By Me. I was never well, much of a Trekkie. Any guy in our age uh, generation, Stand By Me is like one of the quintessential films. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Great, great movie. Yeah, that dead kid. Yeah. So, uh, Ray Brower. Boom. That was his name. Holy cow! I just pulled that out of uh, yeah, my, my head. So uh, blue bloated. Ray Will Wheaton, we want to say thank you for your support because he actually mentioned this on his blog, mm-hmm. his very popular blog. Yeah, and um, we just found out that Aisha Tyler is a big fan. Yes, the lovely, uh, fetching, uh, intelligent, smart, funny Aisha Tyler, stand-up uh, comedian. Yeah, former uh, uh, talk soup hostess, and uh, she was on uh, Friends. Yeah, seasons nine and ten. Played she dated Ross's, Ross and Joey. Yeah, Ross and Joey. Yeah. And I think she's probably the only person to date both Ross and Joey. I know. 
So. If she had done Chandler, it would have been a trifecta. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? I think you mean dated Chandler, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So we, we're, we're accumulating Two celebrity, celebrity fans. fans. Yeah, that's pretty And big. I couldn't be more That stoked. we know of. And actually, let's just go ahead and cut to the chase. Barack Obama, if you listen to these podcasts, send us an email, will you? We've always wondered. We love you. Yeah. Um, if you want to send us an email, whether you're Barack Obama or not... Please don't send an email as Barack Obama if you're not Barack Obama, though. We'd know. You can send that email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?